In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. Donald Trump has been indicted in Atlanta. We have so many court dockets to follow, but we haven't really seen anything yet. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution has covered every moment of this historic case. I've been writing about this investigation for two and a half years. Our team is led by reporters Bill Rankin and Tamar Hallerman. Follow our coverage on AJC.com and listen to new in-depth episodes of the award-winning podcast, Breakdown, The Trump Indictment, only from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Herschel muscles up while Warnock heads to the middle. Welcome to Politically Georgia from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. I'm your host, Greg Bluestein, joined by my fellow AJC political insider and famous columnist, Patricia Murphy. If you're listening to us for the first time, please make sure to follow or subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. Coming up later, we'll talk about why Donald Trump is showing up in Brian Kemp's new ad, even though he's endorsing his rival. And we start to dig into Georgia's congressional races. But first, we've been with both of the leading candidates in the Senate race this week. I was with Raphael Warnock on Tuesday at a gas station in Sandy Springs as the senator was making a pitch to suspend the gas tax. So whether the issue is the price of gas or groceries uh, or the need to cap the cost of prescription drugs, uh, I'm very focused on giving ordinary people a chance. Producer Jay wants to chime in real quick. We apologize for the uh, audio quality on Greg's phone. We'll, we're going to work on that later. He'll run laps. But anyway, continue the show. Always blame me for the quality of the <laughs> audio. But Patricia, that might have been my first campaign stop at a gas station. Maybe Senator Warnock's first campaign stop at a gas station as well. But it was meant to send a message that we're seeing up and down his agenda right now. You know, he's still promoting issues like federal voting rights and 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 you know polarizing issues that cater to the party's base. But what we've seen more recently from him is sort of an independent streak, a a move to the middle maybe, um, where it comes to this gas legislation and also other proposals that he unveiled this week involving mental health funding and something that you wrote about in your most recent column about capping the price of, of, of insulin. Yes, that's exactly right. I'm going to predict that that may be your first press conference at a gas station, but that will not be your last press conference at a gas station, Greg Bluestein, because the price of gas really has spiked up quite a bit, along with a lot of other prices. Inflation is at a 40-year high. So I think there is a real situation on the ground that all politicians know they need to deal with. Anybody on the ticket in 2022 really needs to be addressing it. And so for Raphael Warnock, we've seen, um, I don't know if it's so much a tack to the middle as it is a real pragmatic tack. Um, I'm not exactly sure how to define the difference between that, but it really, the policies he's putting forward are consistent with the types of issues that he's proposed before, but they're targeted. They are more, I think, realistic of actually passing. Um, And something that I wrote about this week is a proposal he has about capping the cost of insulin for people with diabetes. Um, The cost of insulin, like everything else, has just skyrocketed recently. But over the last 10 years, it has doubled, in some cases tripled, depending on 
who exactly it is who's getting the insulin. And if you're on diabetes, you need insulin to regulate your blood, your blood sugar. If you're not taking your insulin, the health consequences can really spiral out of control. And so when I talked to Warnock about this, he talked about it really from his perspective as a pastor. He has been with people when they found out that they needed to have an amputation, um, talked a lot about it as a senator responding to constituents. He said that his mailroom has really been inundated with requests from Georgians to say, I really need help, not just with prescription drugs, but in specific cases, insulin. And so this is a bill that has already passed the House. And so it's a bill that he took the lead on in the Senate um, for a couple of reasons. First of all, he's up for re-election and Senate Democrats want him to have a lead issue on something like this. Um, But it's also an issue that I think demonstrates sort of a connection between his larger philosophical um, positions that he's put forward a lot about making healthcare more affordable. This is a way to really do it in a targeted way that would affect a specific number of Georgians. In this case, it would be about a million Georgians. So it's not a small number. Um, And Mm -hmm. it could be something that would be implemented by 2023. So it would be a kind of a more realistic, tangible piece that he's putting forward. But like you said, it's a number of targeted issues, really looking at people's pocketbook issues. And that is a way to really bring this campaign down into people's individual lives. And so these are struggles we know Georgians are having. And uh, it's fascinating to see Warnock take this uh, from a big sort of sweeping rhetorical um, uh, approach that he had to his job about six months ago. Now he's really boring into these individual um, pieces of legislation. Yeah, that's a good way to frame it because it is, I guess, moving to the middle in the sense because it's something that's non, it's not polarizing. But the way I describe that in one of my stories that's coming out Wednesday morning is non-contentious. It's just they're, 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 they're issues that are on the face of it. They're not controversial at all, right? Raising more, more funding for mental health. That's something that in the state level, um, bipartisan lawmakers are getting behind. Speaker Ralston is leading that charge. A gas tax holiday, that's something that, that it might not pass the Senate in a divided Senate, but it's, it's certainly something that you, we've seen at the state level happen with, with bipartisan support. Gas tax holidays is to, to, to relieve some of the financial burden on, on Georgians. Um, so maybe it's sort of an independent streak. Maybe that's a better way to put it. Um, or as you said, a pragmatic streak. Uh, or maybe even a populist streak, because when I heard him at that gas station uh, a few hours ago, he was also saying that he wants to stick it basically to the oil companies who are making record profits while while Georgians and others are are suffering from the the rising gas prices. So either way, he's giving his his conservative critics less to seize on with his recent proposals, although they are still seizing on it. They are still um, saying that it's too little, too late, and that. Uh, basically attacking him for his vote against the Keystone Pipeline, which they said would have allowed more energy and independence and would have helped uh, blunt some of these these rising fuel prices. On the Keystone Pipeline, that that particular proposal would have sent gas to be exported from the United States. So that's one piece I always like to just add an extra yeah. detail in when Republicans talk about that. But I think populist is the right way to describe this because on the insulin legislation as well, the cost would stay would go to thirty five dollars a month for consumers. That price would not be con- that would not be covered by the government. That's not the government that's going to cover the difference in the cost. It would be the companies. And so Warnock said, drug companies are profitable. They are 
uh, exorbitantly profitable in some cases. And so it's the companies that should pay for that. And so I do think that's um, it's an interesting connection between all of these policies. It really is pushing it back into corporate America um, that in many cases are making record profits during the pandemic. And so um, it's, a, it's a really fascinating tech to see him take. And the Republicans' responses to me were also interesting. So Herschel Walker's campaign very predictably said, well, the the cost of drugs, the cost of gas, all of the prices, it's all because of inflation. And that is because of uh, policies from the Democrats. Um, I think there is, uh, in some cases, a case to be made that when you do push this much money into the economy, it could have an inflationary effect. Um, so that's a that's one Republican response. Kelvin King, who's another Republican, um, said that this is sort of a big government response and just let the uh, let the market decide. Let there be competition within the market. The problem with both of those responses is that it doesn't actually give an answer to somebody on insulin who can't afford it. Um, and so in that way, Warnock's policy may be more attractive uh, just to your average Georgians, not Democrat or Republican. But, oh, my gosh, it's I've got I'm three weeks into the month and I can't afford the last week of my insulin. I think that's the group that he's targeting. And it gives him something on the campaign trail to add to other items he talks about often, like his partnership with Ted Cruz on a highway expansion, um, like a letter demanding a basically a federal investigation to price gouging by by major shippers. And and on that note about Keystone Pipeline, I, I did ask the senator uh, about Republican attacks, about why he didn't support Keystone Pipeline. And his answer is very short. It was essentially, I'm paraphrasing, but it was basically this. He said, I'm coming up with solutions. Where are theirs? Now, I was I was with Herschel Walker in Dahlonega in Lumpkin County on Monday night as the Republican promised to go after Senator Warnock in a new and more even aggressive way. Because right now we've, we've seen him sort of tacking to what little we have heard from him, I should say, at least at least we as reporters in, 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 in the uh, more limited public events he's had. Um, we've heard him talk about his own campaign, his own stances and about the need for Republicans and Democrats to work together. But we haven't heard as many overt attacks on Herschel Walker. I think that's starting to change. I got really bad audio, as Jay Black alluded to earlier. I was in the very back of this gym because I may have got there right as the event started. Oh, this was worse. This wasn't bad. This was even worse. This was bad. Yeah. Yeah, I might have gone to the wrong venue at first, <laughs> thinking that the fundraiser was where the where the event is. Anyway, the point is, I got there, I got to see a lot of people, I got to interview a lot of voters, but I also got stuck at the very back of the room, where I got to hear Herschel Walker say he's ready to step up those attacks. This is this is what he said: I can promise you, Herschel Walker is going to be in this race, and it's time my opponent knows that. I didn't get in this race to play games. It's time for him to know he's in for a fight. Look, Patricia, Herschel Walker's not used to coming into second. He's, he's a standout athlete. Uh, he was a foot, obviously a UGA football champion. He played for NFL, and he was an MMA fighter. He was an Olympian. He's used to performing at the highest levels of anything he does, and, and uh, he was basically making the point that politics is no different. Yeah, and he's talked a lot about his competitive streak. Um, that that is really the almost the defining piece of his personality. And so uh, to see him get into a race like this, you've got to be competitive to stick to get into this and to stay in this. What I'm going to be so interested in is to see how he balances that message that I'm going to take the fight to Raphael Warnock. How he balances that with his introductory message, which is it's not I don't want uh, politics to divide Republicans 
Republicans and Democrats. It's not about red and blue. It's not about white and black. It's about Americans. And um, how does he finesse that? Because that is a really tough balance. And the beginning of the speech that he had in Lumpkin County was really about his um, path to Jesus. It was about sort of his relationship with God. It was about his uh, frustration that he felt like politicians had let people down. And that's why he was getting into it. And it was extremely nonpartisan. And then he did segue into that. uh, And by the way, I'm going to really start to go after Raphael Warnock. Um, That has been a tough balance for Republicans in the past. And part of my column um, that I wrote about, believe it or not, I segued insulin and uh, uh, the attacks on Raphael Warnock when he was a Senate candidate. And it almost became comical. Seamless. Yes. See how I did that there? Uh, so, um, but when he was running as a candidate, it literally became a punchline how many times Kelly Loeffler would call him radical liberal Raphael Warnock. I mean, I had to stop having my kids watch little cooking shows on YouTube because it was such a dark yeah. and ferocious portrait that was being painted of Raphael Warnock on internet ads for children's cupcake videos. Um, and then in the debate between Warnock and Loeffler, um, she went after him and called him erotic radical liberal Raphael Warnock um, 13 times. And it just became so over the top. It just was, it didn't bear any relationship to reality. And so how will they go after Warnock without also at the same time trying to demonize him as they did in the past? Um, Because it just didn't work. And that's just not really who the face he's presented in his campaign. It's not the person he's presented in the Senate. And that's not who voters have gotten to know over the last year. Um, And so I think if they go after his policies and take issue with the results, um, that is a good lane. Um, Just fighting Raphael Warnock has not been a successful tactic in the past. Shameless plug, if you do want to flashback to the 2020 race and also learn about how Georgia became the premier battleground state in the nation, you can buy my book, Flipped, which is out March 22nd, but you can pre-order it now and relive all these fun moments that were that Patricia just mentioned about uh, the debate and all the drama and intrigue from the last election cycle. Yes. If you didn't get enough just living through it, Georgia, now you can read all about it. But I'm going to put in a shameless plug. And it's not shameless. It's just a plug. Such a good book, Greg Bluestein. It's like I said, it was like a it's like a page turner. You know, some movies like you know how it's going to end because it's a true story, but you still are sort of like can't believe it's happening. That's that was my experience. (laughs) So great work. Well, Patricia, we lived through it all. I didn't get a copy. What? I don't have my advanced (laughs) copy. Jay, I don't have a copy either. It's the, yeah, I'm not I kidding. The people, think I'm, people think I'm kidding, but but you know, like a, a bunch of other people are texting me, "Hey, I've got a copy. Uh, I'm on page 140." They'll t- they'll send me like pictures of whatever chapter they're on, and I still don't have one. But this morning, I got an email from the publisher asking me if my address was correct because they're shipping me a 40 books or 50 books. Something. Send one to Jay, please. Yeah, hold one side, please. Thank yeah, you. so Jay, you'll get one as long as you pay me 30 bucks. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's fair. No, no, you will get one. Um, well, let's flip the page on this podcast and take a quick break. This is Politically Georgia from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. I see what you did there. That was good, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Hip-hop is a product of black people. It's a product of black song. The celebration. The Atlanta Journal Constitution presents hip hop's most pulled elements. 
are pulled from the South. A Southern hip-hop store. We always go back to that moment of the Source Awards. Everybody wants your rhythm, but they don't want your blues. The biggest names in hip-hop. Atlanta is still the mecca for hip-hop. 50 years. No one can deny. One film. The power of the South now. The South got something to say. Streaming now at AJC.com slash hip-hop. Our journalists at the Atlanta Journal-Constitution are working around the clock to keep you updated on all the developments surrounding the Trump indictment. Now the AJC is putting all of our coverage in one place with our new Trump 19 newsletter. Every Wednesday, you'll have our latest coverage and analysis on this historic case in your inbox. So sign up for free today at AJC.com slash indictment newsletter. That's all one word. AJC.com slash indictment newsletter. And we're back. A reminder, read The Morning Jolt. Subscribe. It's only for subscribers to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. And if you aren't a subscriber, go to subscribe.ajc.com backslash podcast. And your first month of unlimited digital access is just 99 cents. That's subscribe.ajc.com backslash podcast to get unlimited digital access to the best journalism in Georgia. Jay wrote that, but I'll say it. And we believe it. Oh, it's just all absolutely true. So yeah, that's why I wrote it. <laughs> exactly. What's what's um, coming up in the what's coming up in the jolt on Wednesday? Well, we have a sneak preview of what could be the jolt lead um, that we want to kind of surprise Patricia with a little bit later, or should we just go to it now, Jay? Since you kind of teed it up. Well, we're kind of committed, so let's go to it now. Yeah, just go to it now. So, Patricia, we just got this audio from a source of Herschel Walker speaking to students at University of North Georgia shortly before that Delano event I went to. And he makes a little bit of news. <laughs> I want to hear your reaction. Okay, great. Who do you support for the uh, governor's race? I don't uh, support either one of them. I'm mad at both of them. <laughs> and I'm, I, I speak the truth. And let me tell you what, I've known Governor Kemp since I was 16 years old. I've known Senator Purdue since I was 19. And this is what I want to say to everyone here. I've told, I want to bring this party together. We got to bring this party together. What has happened now is some people get sour grapes and they don't get out and vote. But I want to say this to whoever loses that race, whether it's Governor Kemp or Senator Purdue, he needs to tell his people to go vote for the other. Yeah. It is time for you to start having sour grapes and think about this party. Did he say he's not voting for either one of them? Yep. He said he's mad at both of them. Wow. This is audio we just got in like minutes before this show from a source of ours who is in the room uh, doing that that Q and A with Herschel Walker, and we've we know he was kind of staying on the sidelines. We knew he wasn't endorsing, but for him to say I'm mad at both of them and that sour grapes are leading to this infighting, that's a new level of this animosity that we're seeing inter- internally in the Republican Party. Well, we've also seen Republicans picking one side or the other. I have not seen a Republican pick no sides and be mad at both of them. Um, (laughs) That is a new one on me. So I'm going to have to process this for a minute. And I'm sure we'll be asking a follow-up question to the Walker campaign, as will Brian Kemp. Yeah, we'll ask that question tonight. So if you're listening to this before the morning jolt is out, you know how the sausage gets made. You will see this right, probably the lead of the morning jolt uh, tomorrow morning. Um, we'll we'll work on it. We'll collaborate on it tonight slash tomorrow morning. But yeah, that's some that's some news, and it's some very crisp audio, Jay. Someone who actually knew how to. Well, I wouldn't say very very crisp. I would say crisper than yours. Crisper than mine. Um, so that is some news. But on to some more a discussion about the governor's race. 
Um, speaking of Brian Kemp and David Perdue, Kemp is using Donald Trump and David Perdue's own words against him in a new radio spot. I don't blame China for taking advantage of us. I blame our leaders. Leaders like David Perdue. He built his career as a business executive, sending jobs to China. Just listen to Perdue in his own words. I lived over there. I've been dealing with China for 30 years. We outsourced every single product that we sold in our stores. You know, Patricia, these attacks came up major in 2014 when Michelle Nunn was running against David Perdue in his first U.S. Senate race. It came up again, of course, in 2020 with John Ossoff and his Democratic allies using them against David Perdue. But now we're seeing Republicans really hammer him. And, you know, even though Donald Trump has endorsed David Perdue, Brian Kemp is using Donald Trump's words to bolster his own campaign. It's a rather inventive way of, uh, of a roundabout way as well of tying himself to Donald Trump. Yeah, even this, even though this was a democratic, um, very frequent democratic attack against Purdue in 2014, I really do feel like China has a new resonance, kind of a more intense resonance now with the entire electorate, but particularly within the GOP electorate, because that 2014 race was, of course, before Donald Trump's 2016 race, um, when he really talked about China and talked about uh, outsourcing and took such a populist uh, position on all of those issues issues that resonated so cleanly and clearly with the Trump base. And so those are all of the voters that Kemp is trying to appeal to, who David Perdue is trying to appeal to. And even though Donald Trump has, of course, endorsed David Perdue as his preferred candidate here, it does feel like Perdue has more work to do with those populist base voters. He is a little bit of a country club Republican. And when I say a little bit, I mean a lot bit. He lives on (laughs) Sea Island. I mean, that is like country club plus plus. Um, And he carries himself that way. He's not obviously, he's not an unpleasant person, but he feels very polished. He feels very corporate. That is who he is. That's where he's been. That's the life he lived. And there is a distrust among a lot of GOP populist voters right now with that type of Republican. And so Purdue has work to do with that base. And an ad like this just pushes a little wedge in there. To hear that audio to say every one of the products I sold was outsourced to China, that is not good. And that is very old audio, but it may not matter in this context. It may just say, listen, you said it. It's real. Uh, China is a problem and China became a problem while that was happening. And so I'll be I'll be fascinated to see what uh, GOP voters do with this. And we'll see if this will take even more resonance as focus shifts more to international affairs with Russia invading, beginning the invasion of Ukrainian enclaves and China essentially banding together with Russia and what seems like a friendship or at least non-aggression pact. So I know we promised you we'd talk about congressional races, and we will, but we want to direct you to to our AJC colleague, Tia Mitchell, the Washington correspondent, who each week is writing basically a a overview of the top congressional races. Um, She started with the 7th District race, which will get a lot of national attention in the next few months. Um, Next up, she's got the 10th District race, which is maybe one of my favorites because it involves Vernon Jones, a former Democrat, dropping out of the governor's race with the condition of Donald Trump's endorsement and running in a district where he's never lived <laughs> against uh, about and a dozen. And is barely known. <laughs> and is barely known against a dozen 
Republicans, very conservative Republicans who have been Republicans for their whole entire lives. And you're starting to see a consolidation around Mike Collins, the front runner, who, whose father, Matt Collins, served in Congress. So that is definitely something we'll be watching, right, Patricia? Yeah, there's so many awesome congressional races happening in Georgia this year. And the real action in most of these races is in the primary. So we're going to yeah. see a lot of jockeying and the most important action in those races is going to be coming up in the next 10 weeks here. So I'm, I'm super excited to see Tia's coverage of those races. And, you know, at that point, I think the only real competitive general election we might have is the second district. Which yeah. is crazy because that's yeah. typically not a real competitive district, but that's yeah. been redrawn slightly um, to be uh, not Republican, but more favorable to Republicans. And of course, it's a longtime Democrat, Sanford Bishop, who serves in that seat. So stay tuned for more fun on the congressional beat. But for now, we will see you Friday on Politically Georgia from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. I'm Ernie Suggs, race and culture reporter for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. And I'm Ned Ravone, lifestyle columnist. Atlanta has been known as the Black Mecca for so many years, but that means something different to everybody. It means everything to me. I've been living here for 24 years, and I am still amazed at how rich the city's Black culture continues to grow. Every day I wake up, I learn something new. Well, you all can learn something new by subscribing to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution's new newsletter called Unapologetically ATL. It's all about the people, the events, and the entertainment happening in Metro Atlanta that Black people might want to know about. Like historically Black colleges and universities. Atlanta's thriving art scene. And the city's growing neighborhoods. Wherever you live, we want to hear from you. We want to hear what issues are important to you. So subscribe today at www.ajc.com slash unapologetically ATL. Only from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Journal-Constitution.